you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes along with my man Brian Baldinger. And, of course, my man Nick Costo stops by each and every week as we talk gambling and we look at the games from a point spread standpoint and, of course, over-unders. And, Nick, interesting games as always as we get ready for another week in the NFL. Let's start with uh, a game that I'm going to find pretty interesting, and I think you will too. And we were talking about the Lions. And, listen, I'm a believer now. And uh, Baldy and I are going to talk about this coming up a little bit later in the podcast, but Lions Ravens. And I will tell you guys this. I know some folks in that Ravens organization, they're saying this is a big game for them because this is one of those games where we're going to find out if the Ravens are real, right? We're going to find out if if they are legit. Four and two Ravens at home against the Lions. What do you like? The point spread is three. Ravens are getting three at home. Nick? I, uh, I think that I think Baldy will will agree with me at least on this assessment before I give like my actual pick for the game. When I when I handicap this game and like let's take like the the point spread out of it, like the point spread is fine. I actually think it's maybe like a little weighted towards Baltimore, but I get it even coming off the London game last week. I look at one side of the ball and I see the Detroit Lions and I see a team that absolutely has an identity a team that knows what it is and a team that knows what it wants to do. Now, obviously not having David Montgomery, he's not going to play in the game. Obviously that hurts, right? Because he's like the Jamal Williams from last year. You're in between the tackles bruiser. That's kind of like part of their identity, right? And we'll see if Craig Reynolds can go. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but Jameer Gibbs filled in that role when Montgomery missed a game earlier in the season. So I think the lions are going to be able to keep up with their identity. Right. And I think Jared Goff has kind of risen above kind of what, Many of us thought he was after the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. He started to play really well, like not not putting up gaudy stats necessarily on the road away from like the Dome in Detroit, but he, he's playing really well. And I think the conversation has to be had. Where does Detroit rank with San Francisco and Philadelphia among the elite teams in the NFC? If Detroit wins this game, look at their schedule rest of the season. This could be your one seed in the NFC playoffs when it's all said and done. So Detroit's got its identity. And then I look at Baltimore. Baltimore's a really well-coached team, and Harbaugh's great, and Lamar's a former MVP, and they've got good players. I don't know what this team's identity is. They're not like the smash-mouth running running football team that they've been in the past. They can't run the ball. They were terrible at that. Titans have a good run defense. But Justice Hill and Gus Edwards don't do anything for me. Don't move the needle. Maybe they get the undrafted rookie Keaton Mitchell involved a little bit, and we'll see what that does. And then we thought, guys— Todd Monken coming in, they're going to be this high-octane passing offense, right? Here comes Beckham, and like you know, you got Rashad Bateman, and you draft Zay Flowers, and you sign Aguilar, and you've got Mark Andrews, and they're not that. Like, this passing game looks discombobulated to me also, so they can't run the ball really well. They're not passing the ball like we thought they would. What's their identity? I don't know what it is. And maybe Lamar's individual brilliance and Harbaugh's smart That's kind of like when this came out. That, but, that is the identity. It's Lamar. And, 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 and I like the Lions because of it. So give me the Lions, Baldy. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I like the Lions. I like the Lions. But, I mean, the identity in Baltimore is still Lamar. Like what he does, like the touchdown to Zay Flowers is kind of a busted play. But Lamar's just being Lamar back there. And there's, like I, you know, what you haven't seen – is a little bit of what you talked about, Nick. Like, where is Odell Beckham? Like, he doesn't look anything like what we're expecting to see from, from Odell. Now it's six games in. You know, he's had some injuries. But you just don't see the impact <laughs> that you would expect if you give a guy $15 million to come in and change your passing game. You don't see it right now. There's a Mark Andrews. There's Zay Flowers. And then, you know, whatever Lamar can create. I, I like the Lions in the game, Nick. I, I have no problem with them going into Baltimore. 
Like, we'll talk about it, Carl, but there's a lot of things to love about the Lions right now. I, I totally agree. I do. All right, guys, we get a great Sunday night game, too. I mean, Dolphins, Eagles. Uh, Eagles are two and a half point favorite. Something is not right quite yet with the Eagles offense. Okay. Now, I know that they're, you know, dealing with injuries, and we'll get into this whole injury thing with the 49ers in a minute. But why am I liking the Dolphins here? Why do I like the Dolphins to go into Philly and and cover this two and a half? Because that's where I'm at right now, Nick Costos. Well, I, you know, when Miami went to Buffalo earlier in the season, I said that I felt like I was on Moron Island. I was like one of the only people that liked Miami in the game. And it turned out I was the moron because Buffalo beat them 48 to 20. And I feel like I may be on Moron, moron Island again here because I kind of like the Dolphins in this game. And like everybody that I talk to that I like, that I respect. And Carl, like hopefully we are right here. Yes. Everyone I talk to likes the Eagles and thinks that this is a great spot for Philadelphia. Look, we you can go through it, right? Like Miami's wins this season and the teams that they've beaten. And they beat the Chargers in week one but I mean you know are the Chargers really like elite the way or like a good team the way the Eagles are a good team or the way the Bills are a good team probably not so Miami's beaten up again like some of like the cupcakes in the league and they're dropping like tons of points obviously on on teams that are like not as good as they are and this is a step up in class for the Miami Dolphins so I certainly understand everyone that wants to make the case for Philadelphia in this game especially at the point spread right being below three where the Eagles win by three and they win the game now this is just my opinion uh, and I could be wrong. The injury report, first one came out yesterday. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not on it. And Devontae Smith didn't practice. So, like, we need to monitor that. Like, they need him in this game for sure. Um, I don't think Jalen Hurts is right right now. Uh, watching the game on, and I know the Jets' defense is really good, so I'm not trying to, like, dismiss what the Jets' defense does. Hurts, to me, like, doesn't look like he's fully right or fully healthy. And I don't know if, like, something's bothering him. I'm speculating. I, I'm not reporting anything. So I'm a little concerned about the Eagles heading into this game. Um, so I do like the Dolphins a little bit, but my preferred play, I don't know how either defense is getting stops. And let's see what this injury report looks like defensively for Philadelphia. Miami's going to be able to score in this game. And on the flip side, right, if you think Jalen Hurts is right and you disagree with me man like especially if Devonte plays they're, they're gonna score 30 in this game on this Dolphins defense as long as they don't have to settle for three in the red zone which they've had to a bunch this year so I like the over and a lean for me towards the Miami Dolphins as well Baldy I gotta ask you uh as we talk about this game guys it's the Sunday night game Dolphins at Eagles did the Jets stress Jalen enough to force him into those mistakes or were they just bad mistakes the last one was on Jalen but it was you know straight zone defense he threw right into the teeth of it. Tony Adams picked the ball off. Like that last interception was, and, and that's just, the, the thing that's about Jalen right now is, you know, obviously they lost Lane Johnson in the first quarter. And, you know, nothing against Jack Driscoll. There's only one Lane Johnson. So they got a lot of pressure on that side. I think Lane will be back this week. I think everything's going to be okay there. Um, but there's a big drop off there. But uh, to, to Nick's point about Jalen, I think, Physically, he's running the ball a lot better than he did early in the year. So I think there was something there physically. But right now, if he's not throwing it to A.J. Brown, there's real question marks about who he's throwing it to. I know Dallas Goddard had a big game against the Rams. But, you know, you see, like, Devontae Smith drop two big balls in that game. I mean, typically, he's sure-handed. And so the passing game just isn't right if they're not going to A.J. Brown right now. And for whatever reason, maybe it was because – the Jets were minus Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, their corners. They just came out and just threw it, threw it, threw it. And that's not who they are. If you want an identity, the Eagles are a smash mouth run team, and Jalen's a part of it. And they they never got that going last week. 
this is a week that they should get that going against Miami because there's real questions on this Miami Dolphins defense. Nick Costos, you better, you bet. He does a great podcast as well. We'll tell you where you can find it coming up. 49ers Vikings. Speaking of injuries, Debo, right? Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey. All right, are you rolling the dice with the 49ers being a seven-point favorite on the road on Monday night with the uh, injuries that we're aware of right now? Yeah, uh, I want I want to start, and I won't get bogged down in this, but just like a point spread conversation here and why I think like this is interesting. Like even like if you're not like a huge better, I think this stuff is like, is pretty in the way that, that betters think about like in professional betters, people that like have influence in the market and like win lots of money, think about football teams. So the Vikings have generated, have been a team recently that kind of falls under the umbrella of whenever, whenever they're a big favorite, you bet against them. And whenever they're a big underdog, you bet on them. They've almost got like this gravitational pull that forces like the game that they're in to be like a one score game either way. And last year they won all the close games and this year they're losing all the close games and betters have kind of been into the Vikings a little bit this year. Again, like not to be a great team, but to keep games close, they they got bet on big time week two on Thursday night against the Eagles. They pushed in that game and then they didn't cover a couple weeks ago at home against Kansas city. But like that, that spread got bet down all the way to three. And I think like less important than focusing on the result of the game. It's more like, okay, like, cause once the game is played, anything can happen. The Vikings got job by the officials in that game. I also bet the Vikings. So sour grapes by me in that game. But like, <laughs> I think, I think that stuff, that stuff like matters and it's, and it's, and it's important. Now I know Justin Jefferson's not there, but I can tell you for a fact, like a hundred percent that betters will look at the point spread in C7 and see the Vikings playing at home in prime time and say, that's a valuable number with Minnesota. So I actually think this game's going to close less than seven. And here's where Nick Costos, comma, football fan and like football analyst steps in. I think the 49ers are going to slam them in the game. So I would ask two questions. Question number one, how are the Vikings going to score? Question number two, even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't, we think Debo's going to play, right? I mean, that seemed to be like a lesser injury. We think Debo will be out there. Question, even if McCaffrey doesn't play and it's Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, and Tyrion Davis-Price, how are the Niners not scoring like 27 plus against this Vikings defense? So those two questions lead me to like the 49ers in the game, despite I don't care what the point spread is. I like San Francisco in the game. Hmm. All right, Nick, uh, as we talk about uh, Sunday's games, listen, everybody's talking about Bill Belichick right now. And how awful this team is. All right. So, Patriots at home against the Bills. Bills are a nine-point favorite. It's eight and a half right now. I don't know if the, the line will move. But everything right now is telling me to go the Patriots way. And I don't believe in them. Like I have no faith whatsoever. But from a spread standpoint, I'm like, they're going to cover this eight and a half, nine-point spread, right? Are, are they? They're that bad? You watch them, right, every week? Uh, every week. They're terrible. The, the spread will go up. The reason why is because I don't think once we get, like, Josh Allen's definitely playing and on Wednesday he said he's good to go, sports books are not going to want to have teaser liability on this game. What does that mean? It means you tease Buffalo down to two and a half. They win by three. You win that teaser leg. And, like, that that's going to happen in this game. So, I mean, like, look, you want to make a case for the Patriots. It's the Monday night game that they, these two teams played in the wind a couple of years ago. When, like, the Patriots were really good. They're not good now. And, like, Belichick kind of, like, outfoxed Sean McDermott in that game. And, like, that, in, and like the, the, the Naval Academy offense. And the Patriots won that game against the Bills. And there is extreme wind expected in the forecast in this game. So something to monitor as we approach Sunday. Listen, I got to be real with you guys. When I look in the mirror every morning, I, I hope to at least. I hope to see a winner. 
I hope to see someone who has self-respect, who enjoys himself and enjoys his life and has better things to do than to bet his hard-earned American money betting on the New England Patriots on an NFL Sunday. So like you and like anyone else, you can bet the Patriots if you want to. Bills or nothing for me on Sunday. I say that because Baldy, whenever this guy, of course, Coach Belichick, whenever his back has been up against the wall. Have to go last week. Yeah, well, here's the deal, though. I mean, like, I think he's feeling this conversation now. I do. I mean, listen, two two weeks into the season is one thing. We're about to be in week seven or eight here, and here it is. They've won one stinking game. They're averaging, what, a, a, a measly, you know, eight points a game over the course of the season. It's just hard to believe that they're going to continue to play this bad. Well, you know, I mean, I think when Bill Belichick looks at his team, he wants to fire his general manager. <laughs> you know, like that's that's what I feel like. I feel like he's sitting there with his arms folded, you know, on the sideline, listening to the plays come in, offense, defense, going, how did my roster get this bad? Because I, I, I keep saying it, but honestly, they look like an expansion team roster. Like, I don't recognize who the Patriot. like, I know Matt Judon's out and Gonzalez is out, and they were they're two great players. Um so that, that's that's hard on anybody when you lose two great players. But I just don't recognize what in the world, like whatever the salary cap is, $180 million, I don't know where the money's going. Like you can't find it. You can't find it on the roster. You can't find any star player. And stars win and lose these games for you. So I don't know. Like I don't know how they turn this around. Like the weirdest thing to me, honestly, I don't want to take too much of your time here, Nick, is they don't have a fullback on the roster. The Patriots always had a fullback. Like, where's the fullback in this offense? Mm. Like, whenever they would struggle early in the year, whenever, they would come back the next week, reset, line up an eye formation, and knock people off the ball and win the line of scrimmage. Like, they can't do that right now. A game I, I really can I, can I just toss something out on this? Just like just yeah. on the Patriots, the thing that's the most emblematic to me of what Baldy just said, like th- that that Belichick. And like everyone's gonna say, Bill's not a great guy. Guy's like the greatest defensive coordinator ever before he became like arguably yeah. the greatest. He's awesome, right? But like you let Jacoby Myers walk and sign with Vegas and sign Juju Smith-Schuster to literally the identical contract. Look how well Myers is playing. Look what Juju's done for the Patriots. Like what? What? What are you doing, dude? Yeah, yeah. The the evaluation of how guys fit on your roster and how you're going to use them is what's missing, and yep. that is the part that's missing right now. With the Patriots. All right. Um, this is a game I really like, Nick. Want to get your thoughts. It's Nick Costos, guys. You better, you bet. A couple more games. We'll talk with him uh, about Seattle last week was close. All right. Bengals found a way to get it done at the end of that game. Defensively, Baldy, we'll talk about it. And now they go home and they get the Cardinals. So here come the Cardinals in the four o'clock window. And I like Seattle in this game to bounce back. And I actually like them to cover. What do you think? Uh, well, I came on the show last week and I loved the Bengals last week. And I said, Joe Burrow was hashtag back. And, uh, and I did cover the spread and I won my bet, but like, I can be honest. It's a, it's a terrible bet. And the Seahawks should have won that game by double digits. And I watched the game and like, they got very unlucky one of five in the red zone. So I got very, I'm happy that I won, but very unlucky to have, uh, the Seahawks were not to have won the game by going away last week in Cincinnati. Uh, Carl, I agree with you. I think this is a big-time bounce-back spot for Seattle. Now, we need the offensive line to start getting playing better for Geno, and it is starting to get healthier, which I think is good. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the rookie first-round pick, four for 48 last week, getting more acclimated into the offense. I think that's really important. Kenneth Walker looks like an absolute stud, and I think, you know, and I, I think Jonathan Gannon, 
has done like an awesome job so far this year. And the coordinators yeah. have done a nice job. I think like like people should be really bullish, I think, about the future. They're in every game into the right? third quarter. They're right? in every game into the third quarter. I think the problem is you're starting to see, and it's not even an insult because like the team's not good. They've been like playing well over their skis, right? Like Dobbs last week against LA and Kyler's going to be back soon. Maybe it's next week against the Ravens. Dobbs misses Hollywood Brown on like two long touchdowns that like, these are like layup throws. And it's not, again, not a criticism of Dobbs who's played well, but we're starting to see the Cardinals look like the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the year. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them or the coaching staff or the players. And Buda Baker will be back soon. Like the team's going to look better in a couple of weeks. I, I think they're walking into a buzzsaw here. I get, I, I don't know how, I, I think they're going to have a real problem scoring. The run game is a mess without Connor. The the Seahawks physical cornerbacks. I, I mean, Hollywood's not a big guy. I think this is going to go really poorly for Arizona. Uh, I love the Seahawks on Sunday. Probably my favorite bet of the week. All right. One last game. Brandon Staley, what are you doing? Kick the field goal. Play for overtime. You had you had shots in this game against the Cowboys. And Baldy, you know how I feel about Brandon Staley. But <laughs> short week, Chargers at Chiefs. All right, Chiefs go get McCole Hardman. We talked about uh, you know the trade yesterday. Uh, I don't know if he immediately jumps in there. I'm figuring he knows the offense, but whatever. I'm not sure how immediately you know what kind of success he's going to have. But the Chargers, I thought were going to win against the Cowboys. I really did. I thought they were going to going to beat the Cowboys the other night. So now they're two and three. And, that, and they have to go to Arrowhead. And the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. What happens? I, I actually think I kind of like like Brandon Staley, and maybe that makes me the idiot. I like the fourth down calls. It's just like, he's very unlucky. I think he makes great decisions. and like they All the time, play. Nick? I, all the time? I mean, like, he goes for it on all these fourth downs, and they never get them. I mean, it's not, I, I, I think he's making good decisions, but, I mean, I understand that people disagree with that, obviously. Um, here's what I want to see for the Chiefs. You mentioned Hardman. Like, okay, great. And he was actually good in the last couple of games he played for Kansas City last year. Like enough with MVS and like enough with Sky Moore. If you're if you're if you're Kansas City, you're Matt Aggie and you're Andy Reid. Like these guys don't have it. MVS plays a million snaps and never gets targeted. Sky Moore, I think, is useless. And he might be a nice kid and maybe he could be good one day. He's not. Like play Rasheed Rice. I don't. Like, he may make mental errors. Miss block. He is so much better than these guys. Like play Rasheed Rice, play Harbin. This passing offense desperately needs some juice. I'm gonna give you. I try and make like really like really sound bets based on my analysis, based on what the point spread is. I'm going to give you what I consider to be really shallow level analysis here, but I think I'm going to be right for this game. I think Justin Herbert after let's be real. I, I think he's awesome. There's no argument. Like he's really good. He was brutal on Monday night. Like, missed a number of big throws that he makes in his sleep that bad quarterbacks can make. A couple of passes to Keenan Allen that could have turned this game around for They would have won the game if Herbert plays like he's capable of playing. Uh, I think this is a game where Justin Herbert stands toe-to-toe with Mahomes, keeps them right in it, and the Chargers lose at the end because that's what they do, and they lose by, like, three. So my suggestion would be that if you agree with me, you, the person watching and listening, and you like the Chargers, let's wait and see if this point spread goes up to six. You lose nothing by waiting. If it stays at five and a half, goes to five. Five is a dead number. And if we can get six, that's going to be a bet on the Chargers. I'll probably bet them at five and a half anyway, which is not the best mathematical bet, but I, I want to have action on the Chargers in the game. My last point, normally when we see these two teams play Herbert v. Mahomes, the total starts with the five. Right now it starts with the four because the Chargers are running these two tight end sets. Yep. And like losing Mike Will, I'm sorry for like pontificating a second here, just like, 
because I, I love this stuff. Quinton Johnston can't play right now, right? And maybe he can be decent. Losing Mike Williams hurts so much because they don't have a viable third receiver they can play. So, like, you've got Justin Herbert, and you're running two tight end sets with Parham and Everett and Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen. Like, this is not what this offense is supposed to look like. So I think people have concerns about the Chargers' ability to rack up the points. And then on the other side, you've got the Chiefs, who don't look like the Chiefs on offense, maybe because the defense is so good. But also, the total starts with the four, with Herbert and Mahomes, which you probably start with the five. Uh, I think you'll see some over money come in as we approach kickoff on Sunday. Over-unders 48. Nick Costos, tell the people where they can watch you, my man. Yeah, you better you bet. Weekdays 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time, Sunday morning, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. also. Uh, Odyssey app, BetQL app, radio stations nationwide. We're now simulcast on Stadium, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every day. And we are now on Sirius XM also, Sirius Channel 217, XM 205. Awesome. Nick, have a great weekend. You know my phrase. Get money and enjoy the games, my friend. Hell yeah. Wishing everybody minimal sweats winning bets. The absolute very best of luck. Yeah. Guys, Nick Costos right there talking some betting with us here on In the Huddle. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.